Hello, my name is Faith Dowling and welcome to my podcast, Girl, You're Not Too Far Gone. Um, so today I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 5 um, and we're going to talk about uh, Jesus heals in response to faith and I'm also going to talk a little bit about my testimony and how I thought that I was too far gone um, and how it relates to this story. So, first off, I'm going to talk a little bit about myself since this is my first podcast. Um, So, growing up, I had the perfect little family. I went to church every Wednesday and Sunday. My dad would read the Bible to us when we couldn't go to church. Um, And I always knew that this little light of mine needed to shine, but I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't really know what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus because I was just going to church because my family brought me to church, you know? Um, so in 2013, my dad was in a fire and the building collapsed. He lost both of his legs and he was in a coma for six months. And that was the first time that I questioned God. I was like, how, why, why my dad, my dad is a good Christian man. Our family has done everything right. Why do we deserve this? And I really struggled with my faith because one, I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus to begin with because I was young and I, I didn't understand it. I only understood what my parents told me and a majority of what my parents were telling me and a majority of the stuff that I was learning in church was other people's relationships with God, was other people's testimonies. I didn't even have a testimony. I didn't even understand what that was. Um, so in 2013, you know, this happened and it totally made me stumble. Um, but I went to a Bible camp that summer and that was the first time that I was like, wow, Jesus is good. Like I felt, I felt good. I was baptized. I felt like I had grown a relationship with Jesus. Um, But when I came back, uh, my family, we didn't go to church anymore. We had to take care of my dad. Um, And it wasn't the same. And I didn't really have the, I wasn't in the environment to grow a relationship with Jesus or learn about him any more than I had at that church camp. So that was pretty much it. Um, And then my freshman year of high school, I made the varsity volleyball team. I was popular. I had a lot of friends and I was happy. I, although I had not the greatest situation at home, I was happy because I had friends and I was in a good school and I was playing volleyball and I wasn't struggling with any mental health issues at the time. Um, But the summer after my freshman year, my friend invited me to her lake house and her brother drugged me and sexually assaulted me. Um, 
And the day after that, I had texted two of my friends and I told them that I thought I was raped. And one of my friends told me not to tell my mom because she would be mad that I was drinking. Um, so long story short, uh, word got out. Eventually, everybody found out. Eventually, my mom found out. She called the police. Um, I had to go through the system. I had to retell my story over and over and over. And I was so broken and I was tired and it was hard and I did not want to do that. Um, And it broke me and I started to struggle with depression and anxiety and I lost all of my friends and people thought I was lying and it was hard. It was really, really hard. And that's when I started to kind of go off the rails and do things that no 15-year-old girl should do. Um, So maybe like a couple months after that, I met this boy um, and I thought he was perfect. I thought he was amazing. Um, And he actually was one of the people, one of the two people that I had told that next day after I was sexually assaulted that I thought I was raped. He was one of those two people. And so I thought I could trust him. And I thought that he really cared for me because he was there for me in that time. And he believed me. Um, And so he eventually asked me out and we went on a date and we immediately hit it off. He was amazing. He was such a gentleman he was kind, he was a Christian boy, and I felt like I really needed that in my life, a good Christian man who could guide me and keep me accountable and help me to be a better woman of character. Um, But eventually, he started to show his true colors, and by that time, I thought I was in love. By that time, I had given him my virginity, Um, because I didn't count being raped as losing my virginity. But by this time when I was dating this boy, I had given him my virginity because I trusted him and I thought I was going to marry him and I thought he was the one. And I loved him so much. I thought I loved him so much. Um, and, And the more that our relationship progressed, the more he would emotionally abuse me and physically abuse me. And it got to the point where he convinced me that my family didn't really love me and that he was the only one who loved me. Um, Because he would say things like, your mom doesn't love you because if she loved you, she would let you spend the night at my house. Or your mom doesn't love you because if she loved you, she would let you come over. Or certain things like that. Eventually, you know, it got to the point where my mom had to physically move me to another state to get me away from him because there was no other option. Um, And not even three days after moving to Colorado, um, he broke it off with me and a couple weeks later got back with his ex-girlfriend, married her, had a baby with her, and I had to watch all of this 
this man that I thought that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, this man that I had given my virginity to, this man that I had confided in, this man who I had let torture me and manipulate me and break me even more than I already was, moved on like it was nothing. And one day, um, his wife, called me and she told me that the whole time that me and him were in a relationship he was also in a relationship with her and he was also having sexual relations relations with other women um so that was really heartbreaking for me and I struggled deeply with depression and suicidal thoughts and anxiety and trust issues and I had a deep deep hatred for men and I had lost all faith in God I was like I have done nothing wrong why do I deserve this I had a victim mentality I didn't know why God was doing this to me and why he he didn't see me why he wasn't helping me why he couldn't just give me a good life. I didn't understand. So I eventually got into some really bad things. I I had completely gone off the rails. Um, and eventually my mom threatened to send me to an all-girls boarding school. And obviously I begged her not to do that. So instead... We made a deal that we would move back to Texas and I would go back to the school where I um, was bullied, where I, where my rapist had gone, where his sister was going. Um, and I thought that's better than having to go to a boarding school. Um, so I went back and It was really hard. I barely graduated high school. Um, After that, my mom convinced me to go to HBU because that was the school that she played volleyball at in college and she graduated from. And so she really wanted me to go to HBU and play volleyball. And I just felt like I was so broken and I was in such a dark place that I didn't think it was going to be possible and I begged her not to make me go there I said please let me go to JUCO I don't think I'm ready for this I am just not mentally stable right now um but a lot of people worked really hard to get me into HBU so um I felt obligated to go and I didn't want to disappoint anyone anymore because I had already disappointed so many people because of my actions and because of the way I reacted to what I was going through in my life. And I didn't want to disappoint any more people. I just wanted people to be happy and I wanted people to be proud of me. So I was like, okay, if I go to HBU, if I do what everybody wants me to do, and if I go play volleyball there, there, everybody's going to be proud of me. They're not going to see me as a disappointment anymore. Um... So I went to HBU. I had a boyfriend at the time. I had met this guy and he was sweet and he wasn't manipulative. And um, I thought he was the love of my life. I thought that we were going to get married. 
Um, but we, but it was honestly a red flag that he loved me because of how broken I was and, and the type of place that I was in. And, um, I should have saw that, but I didn't. So we had a lot of problems, but I thought that he was the one and I didn't want to lose another person, lose another man in my life. Um, so eventually while I was at HBU trying to play volleyball, um, I, I became super overwhelmed. Um, so I eventually stopped going to my classes and I would call my mom and my mom was living in Colorado at the time and she was going through a lot as well. She was trying to take care of my little brother and he was also in a season of hardship and just trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his life or how to even handle what he was dealing with in his life. And my mom was having to focus on him. Um, so when I would call her and I would just explain to her, like, I am depressed. I am so anxious. I can't even get out of bed in the mornings. Like I am struggling really hard. Um, and she would just kind of brush it off because she was, she wasn't there to see how I was really doing. So she, I don't think she understood where I was coming from. Also, we didn't really have that great of a relationship during that time. So I didn't really feel like I had her to go to. Um, so I stopped going to class. I stopped do it. I didn't do any homework to begin with. I didn't even try. I was just so depressed and so anxious, so emotionally and physically drained from volleyball as well that I just didn't have any energy to do anything. I was just so lost and broken. Um, and eventually my coach called me into the office and he basically said, why are you doing so bad in class? Like, why aren't you going to class? You're failing. Like, you're not going to be able to play if you can't get your grades up. If you don't start going to class, you won't be able to play. And I just completely broke down. I was like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm broken. I'm lost. I am so depressed. I am so anxious. I have nobody. Um, nobody understands me. Like, I am so lost right now. And he basically just told me, you know you cannot live your life to make other people happy otherwise you will never be successful and you will never be happy and he told me exactly what i needed to hear but i was also so ashamed and so embarrassed that i was doing so bad in my classes and so bad um at getting up in the morning even showing up to class that i felt like a failure and I felt ashamed of myself and I felt embarrassed. So the only option I had in my mind was to pack up my things and leave and go stay at my mom's old house um, where I could stay there alone. Um, so I did that. I packed up all of my stuff and I left. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't drop my classes. I didn't. I just left because that's the only thing I knew to do in that moment. And I didn't tell my mom either. So not too long after that, my mom calls me and she's like, where are you? The cops called me and they said, you've been missing. Um, 
and I told her that I dropped out and she was so mad that she kicked me out of the house and basically told me that if I showed up there she would call the police on me so I had no other choice but to move in with my boyfriend at the time um which that was that was a story in itself which I don't really feel like getting into because I don't want to talk about his family or about that situation just yet um but eventually I decided to go back to college I decided to go to a JUCO um I started to make better grades and I started to realize that all of that hardship that I had faced in the past was kind of over and that I could now move forward and grow. Um, but I still struggled really badly with depression and anxiety and PTSD really badly, but I wasn't in as dark of a place as I was when prior to that. So I started to make better grades and I was still in a relationship and you know, me and him were on and off and I always would get really, really depressed when we would break up and I would beg him to come back and it was hard. Um, and years passed. I mean, we were together for so long and I always felt like something was missing and I always questioned our relationship in my mind, but it was something that I was too scared to bring up to him because I didn't want to lose him and I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And, um, eventually it got to the point where like, I didn't want to like be intimate with him anymore because I just, I just felt like our relationship was just, we were so unequally yoked. Like we, we didn't have the same dreams. Um, we didn't have the same beliefs. We weren't the same people at all. And so it eventually just eroded on its own. Um, and one day, uh, one of my friends, he was at a wedding and basically they waited till marriage to have sex. And I it just sparked this idea in my mind that I was like, that is how I can get out of this. Like, if I tell my boyfriend that I want to wait till marriage, I know that he won't want to be with me anymore because I, deep down, knew that he didn't really love me, didn't really respect me enough to wait for me. And so that's exactly what I did. I told him I wanted to wait till marriage and he told me he just wanted to be friends and it was heartbreaking and it made me realize that he didn't see my worth and that uh, he didn't really love me as much as he said he did and he didn't respect me. Um, And so that night that we had broke up, it was actually St. Patty's Day and I drove out to my friend's apartment in Galveston and we went out to the bars and I hadn't eaten anything that entire day because I was so depressed that I didn't feel like eating. And then when we went out, I just started taking shots of tequila and I was so drunk that I was just instantly puking in the bathroom and 
telling people I was sad and that my boyfriend broke up with me and puking on the sidewalk and we didn't even stay there for probably more than two hours before we had to call an uber and go home because of how sick I was and broken I was and that next morning I just had like this feeling that I was like I do want to go to church I do want to read the bible I do want to grow a relationship with God because I am tired of trying to do this on my own I can't do this on my own anymore I've never been able to do this on my own I have been struggling for years and I've never found an answer no matter how much therapy no matter how much medication nothing has been able to help me and so on my way home to Dallas on my way back home um, I knew that my ex was going to be living in my apartment with me still but in a separate room and I just I just didn't see how I was going to be able to handle that. And so on my way home, I just yelled out and I said, Jesus, just take me. I am done. I can't do this by myself anymore. I need you. I need you to control my life. I give all of my control to you. And that's exactly what I did. So, um... So I went home and my mom had just given me this new Bible. And I never had a Bible before. I never had a Bible that I could read. I'll say I did have a Bible, but I it was King James Version. And um, I just had no idea how to read that. I didn't understand it at all. And it didn't matter. Like when I tried to read it, it was like a secret code that I couldn't understand. That's what it felt like. So my mom had given me this new Bible and I could understand it. And so I started reading it and I really enjoyed reading it. I started, I started reading uh, Psalms and it, it was like meditation. It was like, it was like, wow, I wish that I would have had this message when I was in my deep moments of brokenness, I wish I would have been able to read this, you know? Um, and so I started posting pictures on my Instagram of the Bible verses that I was reading because I felt so moved by it. I thought maybe there's somebody else on my Instagram who wants to hear this or who needs to hear this, you know, because maybe they don't have a Bible or maybe they, they don't know that there's other versions of the Bible that they might be able to understand more. Um, and so one day my cousin, Theo, he messaged me on Instagram and he just asked me like, hey, when did you start reading the Bible? Like, when did you start doing all that? Do you have a church that you go to? And I, I just told him like, oh no, I just recently, me and my boyfriend just broke up recently. I told him I wanted to wait till marriage and I just started reading the Bible and I'm just, I'm just now starting to get into this, you know? And he was like, hey, I know a really great church out there in Dallas. It's called The Porch. And I have a friend who goes there. And if you want to meet him, um, I'll give you his number and you can meet him at The Porch and you can try it out. And that's something that I have always been terrified to do. I was like, first off, 
I don't even know what to say to this guy. Like, he, he probably has no idea who I am. And, um, but I just texted him and I was like, hey, my cousin gave me your number. Like, is it okay if I come sit with you at the porch tonight or if I meet you there? Um, and he said it was perfectly fine and he was so nice about it. And on my way up there, I was terrified. I was like, what if he doesn't like me? What if, he, you know, what if, I don't even know what I was thinking. I was just thinking, this is scary. I've never done anything like this. I'm not good enough to go to church. Like they're gonna, they're gonna say, open your Bible and go to this book. And I'm not gonna know where to find it because I've never read the Bible before. And I was just had all of these anxieties and I was scared and I was nervous. And then I got there. And it was, it was like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just like this overwhelming peace came over me. And everything that they were saying spoke to me and was exactly what I needed to hear. So... That's kind of my testimony. Also, I wanted to also add that um, afterwards, he introduced me to his friends at the porch and they were so welcoming and kind. And I've I've just grown so much in my faith um, since I started going to the porch and, and I've met some wonderful, wonderful people. And I, I didn't ever have friends before that. The only person that I had in my life was my boyfriend. Um, so... Yeah, so I'm going to read um, a little bit of what I was reading today. It's uh, Mark 21 through 43. Um, and before I read this, I just wanted to say that, you know, in, this, in that time when I was in my darkest season and you know, I felt like I was too far gone. I felt like there was absolutely no point in me going to church, no point in me reading the Bible, no point in me trying to reach out to Jesus and trying to have a relationship with Jesus because I was too far gone. I was too dirty. I was too sinful. Um, there was... That's like, I didn't have, I didn't see any worth to me at all. I didn't, I thought I was worthless. I thought that I just didn't love myself and I didn't see my worth and I, and I thought I was too far gone. I, so, you know, reading the Bible and, and growing my relationship with Jesus has made me realize that I am a lot more worthy than I ever thought I was. And that my past does not define who I am, but that it describes my story and it describes what Jesus can do in your life and how he can change your life. So, <clears throat> so I'm going to read, I'm going to start at Mark 21. So Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jaharis, and by the way, if I mispronounce things, 
I'm sorry, I do not know how to pronounce this, but I'm, I'm just going to wing it. But anyways, um, whose name was Jaharis arrived. And this, so this man was a leader of a local synagogue. He was a religious man. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. So um, I'm just going to keep reading it, and then I'm going to go over it. Um, but he said, my little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him so he turned around in the crowd and asked who touched my robe his disciples said to him look at this crowd pressing around you how can you ask who touched my robe but he kept looking around to see who had done it then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace your suffering is over while he was still speaking to her messengers arrived from the home of jaharis the leader of the synagogue and this is the guy whose daughter was sick and he was begging jesus to heal his daughter they told him your daughter is dead there is no use in troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jaharis, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go, to, go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talithia Kahum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. So... I think we're going to go back to the beginning. And um, so the local synagogue, this, the, the leader of the local synagogue, this man named Jaharius, um, he's a religious man. So we can just, we, when we think of this man, well, how I think of this man is the fact that like, maybe some people, they have religious parents or they have Christian parents or Christian family members and, um, and when he says that he was pleading with Jesus, my little daughter is dying, he said, please come and lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live. When we think of Jaharis and we think of him saying this, we, I think of like my family praying to Jesus and asking Jesus to save me because I'm lost and I'm in a dark place and 
and they're worried about me because they're worried that like I'm dying. I'm going down the wrong path. I'm 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 walking with the dead. Um and Jesus went with him and he was he was going to save this little girl. But then a woman in the crowd who was also sick and she had been sick for 12 years, but she wasn't dying, you know. Um this woman was struggling said she had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them when I think of this I think of someone who's struggling with mental health you know I've paid well not me but my mom has paid lots of money to send me to therapists to put me on medication to to help me because I I've been struggling with mental health And so, but it says she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. And that was kind of something that I can, I can attest to is that no matter how much medication, no matter how much therapy, no no matter what I did, nothing could fix that hole in my heart. Nothing could fix what I was going through. But she had heard about Jesus. And, and when I see that, it makes me think of like, someone had planted that seed in her mind someone had told her hey you know what you might be struggling and you might have been sick for 12 years but I was sick for 12 years too and then I met Jesus I grew a relationship with Jesus and he saved me and he took away my pain and he took away my 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 problems and my sadness and so when it says she heard about Jesus So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel her body that she had been healed of of her terrible condition. So after 12 years of suffering, nothing helped her, no matter how much money she spent no matter what the doctor was, no matter what medication she took, nothing healed her. But as soon as she touched his robe, immediately her bleeding stopped. As soon as she had turned herself to Jesus and entrusted Jesus, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. But Jesus didn't just want her to experience his miracles. Jesus didn't just want to heal her. He wanted to have a relationship with her. He wanted to know her and he wanted her to know him. So Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who's touched your robe? So so his disciples are like, they don't understand. They don't get it. They're like, why do you care who touched your robe? There's so many people around you. Like we're trying to go save this little girl. But Jesus wanted to have a relationship with her. Jesus wanted to take the time to look at her and for her to look at him and for them to have a relationship, for her to know that he didn't just want her to be healed. He wanted to show her how much he loved her and have a relationship with her. And so, but he kept looking on and around to see who had done it. 
Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, she fell to her knees in front of him, and she told him what she had done, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messages arrived from the home of Jaharis, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. So what I've, what I've come up with is that I, I feel like Jaharis is my family and they're scared that I'm dying. They're scared of what I'm, where I'm going with my life and they're begging Jesus to save me. And now they've just found out that I'm too, they, that now they believe that I'm too far gone because someone just said, your daughter is dead. There's no use in troubling the teacher now. She's too far gone. You should see what she's doing. There's no way that she's going to go and grow a relationship with Jesus. She is so far gone. There's no way that she can be saved. She's dead. There's no point in praying to Jesus to save her because she is too far gone. There's no use in troubling the teacher now. That's what, that's what they told him. But Jesus overheard and he said, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Just ha- believe in me. Know that I can make the impossible possible. I can take the most broken people, the people who look to you like they're too far gone, they don't look that way to me and you need to trust me then jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except peter james and john the brother of james and when they came to the home of the synagogue leader jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing of course these people are wailing and weeping just like my family was wailing and weeping for me when i was lost when I was in these dark places, they didn't understand. They didn't get it. They thought I was gone. And Jesus went in there and he asked them, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. I wasn't dead. I wasn't too far gone. I just didn't know who Jesus was and I didn't have a relationship with him yet, but he was working on me. And he was right in front of me. And he's saying, trust me. Trust that I can change your daughter's life. I know that it's scary. I know that she looks like she's too far gone. But just trust me. And so the crowd laughed at him. They're like, why would we? she she's not asleep this girl is obviously dead like look at her this girl is this girl is doing only fans like this girl is this girl is never gonna be saved she is gone she has ruined her life she has ruined her reputation this girl is never going to come back she is never going to be saved So they laughed at him. They were like, there's no way that you can save this girl. But he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and he took and the mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. And he and he held her hand and he said to her, little girl, get up. 
and the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around and they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. I feel like, you know, Jesus, he was holding my hand and he looked me in my eyes and he he wanted to show me that he loved me and that I was worthy. And when he said, little girl, get up, he was saying, look at me. You are not too far gone. You are so much more worthy than you think you are. And so when she got up and she started walking around, when I got up and I started going to church and I started following Jesus and I left my sin in the past, my family, they were overwhelmed and totally amazed because they thought, just like Jaharius, just like all the people who said, your daughter is dead, there is no use in troubling the teacher now, and they were weeping and wailing, and they thought she was dead, and all the people that laughed at Jesus when he said she was only asleep. When I got up, when I listened to Jesus finally, and I got up and I started growing my relationship with him, yeah, everybody was overwhelmed and totally amazed because they never thought that was gonna happen. But you know what, girl, you are not too far gone. And you can, you can be saved. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what's happened in your life. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And if you think that your sins are too bad for Jesus to forgive, then you're saying that him dying on the cross wasn't enough that it was for no reason. So, that's just a little bit of my testimony. Obviously, I didn't tell my whole story. There's a lot more about me, um, and I'd love to continue to share my story, and I wanna inspire other women who are struggling, who feel like they're too far gone, who feel like they're dirty and don't feel like they can be cleansed but I promise you from my own point of view from my own experience that you can be clean through Jesus and that my life has dramatically changed since I started following Jesus I no longer live in fear I no longer feel guilty I no longer feel shameful I no longer suffer and I will say that there are hard times even as a Christian but like he says right here in Mark 5 36 don't be afraid just have faith So that's the end of my podcast for today. Um, And I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this, but hopefully I reach reach out to someone and, and someone who's struggling realizes their worth and realizes that there is a way out and that they're not too far gone because you are a loved daughter of the king. You are special. And Jesus does, God does not see you for your sin. He, when he looks at you, he sees Jesus because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. 
and he took all of our punishment and he took all of our sin. And so you don't have to feel shame and you don't have to live like you're too far gone. You've been saved. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Um, Girl, you are not too far gone.